0: and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 41. If you count all of them, it's 191 episodes. I'm Craig. I am
1: Britt. Craig
0: took another week off.
1: We did. Because we had some stuff to get done, namely farming. Exactly. We are back. (laughs) We are back. We We are back. We are nearing the end of our farming journey, but... There really isn't an end to the farming journey. We could probably just build the perfect farm and then do this forever. Much like we could do this podcast forever. That's true. But but I get ahead of myself. I get ahead of myself. Craig, let's start where we always start. What are you drinking tonight?
0: I'm drinking a beer that you gave me.
1: Oh, I hope it's one of the ones I brought back from vacation.
0: It is. Uh, This is is Northway Brewing Company. And it is Pale Bearer. Okay, have you tried it yet? No, I haven't opened it yet. Are you about to?
1: Okay, so I'm not drinking tonight. I have a Diet Coke mainly because I just got back from vacation and I drank way too much on vacation. But after he tried, while you're, yeah, go ahead and bush this open. (laughs) While he's getting that ready, I wanted to, I'll just tell you guys, we were on vacation in upstate New York, and this place is located in Queensbury. My God, was it good. We, you know, we ended up talking to the guys. I had to bring stuff back for Craig. Um, Avenue of the Pines was one of the best IPAs I've ever had. I drank it pretty much all weekend because it was readily available at numerous bars while we were up there. Um, Pale Bearer is excellent. They make a great coffee stout called Obituary, and it's a really cool vibe. If you're anywhere near Queensbury, New York, please go and check them out. Really decent guys. Now let's see what Craig thinks of the Pale Bearer. Craig, talk to me about Pale Bearer.
0: Okay, so this is a hazy IPA with co- the uh, Death Wish coffee. Right? Death
1: Wish is a local coffee maker up in that area, and yes, it's an IPA with coffee.
0: It is 7%. Now, it is it is much more IPA looking than I had in my head, you know, because you say coffee, oh, yeah. I'm thinking like darker beer, but that's fine. That's fine. No, it's it's so a legit, it's a legit just coffee IPA, yeah.
1: Wow. I'm interested to see what he thinks here.
0: It's very smooth. The coffee kind of like lingers in the background. So when you first mm-hmm. taste it, you get that like, you know, that bitter IPA bite. And then it's mm-hmm. just like a coffee aftertaste. Very good.
1: Yes. So they made a split version of this. So you're drinking pale Bearer, which was brewed with the coffee. They actually made the exact same beer without the coffee added to it. That's called Infinite in Wisdom. Oh. And that's freaking delicious, too. I don't know why I gave you a can of that. If I didn't, I will try to save you one, but I can't promise you anything because <laughs> it is so <laughs> delicious. Fair. I've been drinking it. That's The fair. coffee, the beer you were drinking is a 3.83 on Untapped. Really? The Pale Bear. 3.83. It And some of the, and that's, that's. Some of them are even better than stronger than that. I mean, uh Obituary is a three nine five. Um just looking at their list really quickly. The one I just mentioned is a three eight three Infinite Wisdom. uh Avenue of the Pines is a three eight three and that yeah. that's highly underrated. You, I gave you love
0: that one, didn't you? Oops. I gave it a four point seven five. Yeah, that's that is very high from Brit.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you want do we want it? Let's have that discussion really quick. Sure. Hold on. I will sp- why not? Other 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 beers in the 4.75 range include Bloomerang from Two Roads, which they don't make anymore. Sad. Um, Voracious Fall. haze from Treehouse is a 4.75. Uh, Alta from Fox Farm is a 3.75. Awkward Hug. If you've listened to this podcast <laughs> at all, you've ta- heard me talk about Kent Falls Awkward Hug and Crucial Mass. Those are 4.75 beers for me. Avenue of the Pines by Northway Brewing is a 4.75 hands down. We literally went away and every bar I was in, if they, if I didn't know what to get and they had it, it's what I ordered when they ran out of it in the hotel bar. I was walking towards the bar. The the bartender was so used to me by day three. He saw me coming. He just started shaking his head. Like, (laughs) don't even bother. We don't have it. Just shook his head. And so definitely if you're up that way, or if you're in the, um, adirondack region of new york you can find it in almost all the liquor stores try northway brewing fantastic stuff was very impressed with it um i i have yet to try something there i didn't didn't like so have you tried
0: any of the other ones i sent with you i uh, sent to you the session you gave me the, okay i had that okay how'd you like the if you like sessions because i know not everyone does uh that was really good okay i enjoyed so it there you go all right so check out northway
1: brewing when you have a chance and if you're going to go to northway brewing Send me an email, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. I would love for you to bring me some back. Um, Actually, funny, quick story before we get into the, the next segment here. Uh, one of the guys who likes to watch us farm that Craig and I know uh, goes by the Twitch screen name Bogris. You know who Bogris is. Yeah. Okay. Bogrus is thinking about taking a vacation there in July. Oh. He and his wife are thinking about going up there. I'm thinking about handing Bogrus a stack of money. <laughs> And just saying, <laughs> call me from Northway Brewing and tell me what you have. And we're just going to go shopping. And I will, I will reimburse you with beer or a portion of this cash for you to bring me a case or two. Because I am already starting to worry about running out of it.
0: Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It goes that quick.
1: It goes that quick. Particularly wow. when you share it. So, All right. On the burning hot takes. Greg, <laughs> are you giving or receiving this week?
0: I will give.
1: What do you got for me?
0: All right. So, you know, we're getting, you know, OTAs have started. There are free agents moving around, testing the water. Still. Yeah. See who's out there and such. Yep. Uh, there's one free agent who visited the Lions. And I okay. want to know if you think this free agent would make a difference on the Lions of today. And that free agent okay. is Todd Gurley. Really? Yes.
1: Todd Gurley, see, I think, I think, I think he's done. I, I think, I think Gurley's done personally. Um, he may not think he's done, but I think he's done.
0: Cause he's so not, I'm looking. It's not going to be expensive because I think he had three and a half million guaranteed money in Atlanta, so it's not like Detroit can't afford that. And they don't have a lot there. DeAndre
1: Swift is supposedly the future. But were we really, really impressed with him his first year? He they, might need development time. And they signed Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams is there. Yeah. But after that, it's Jamar Jefferson and Rakeem Boyd. I mean, there's no depth there. I mean, meanwhile, the freaking Texans sign everybody and their mother.
0: Because <laughs> everyone <I> gotta, left.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw. I just saw. Uh, I didn't even see who it was. Um, I think it was Rex Burkhead signed in Texas in the, uh, uh yes. in, in
0: mm-hmm. Houston.
1: Yep. You know, I mean, and so now it's David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram and
0: Rex Burkhead. Philip Lindsay is in Houston. When the frick did that <laughs> happen? <laughs> and no one noticed. <laughs> How
1: did that happen?
0: Uh, was he traded? I don't know. Usually cinch tells us these things. I don't think he told us. I mean, I know it's the off season, but how did that—that that slipped oh under my... the radar? Yes.
1: No, it's a one-year deal, hmm. and it was two months ago. How did I not hear about this?
0: <laughs> we we'll oh our, my God. we'll blame our social media manager.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> I no, I'll blame the fact that I needed an off season for my for my season this year. I just kind of probably flew right over my head, but that's a problem <laughs> because it's best ball time, so we got to get on that. Um. But we were talking about um,
0: Todd, Todd Gurley, right? Right. And will he I, matter I, in Detroit if he goes to Detroit? I'm
1: going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. He's going to back up uh, Swift. Smith Swift for the for the, the, the main bit of it. And, and I don't think he's going to be effective there at all. It's basically like trying to bring in um, what's his name?
0: Who's
1: that guy? When Washington tried to bring in. Oh, the guy from the Vikings. What the hell? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Adrian Peterson. Jesus. There you go. I am so brain-wise, I am just <laughs> shot. So, yeah, That's I was. Right. I, I think it's going to be the second coming of Adrian Peterson. What do you think?
0: I think so. If he does go there, you know, he'll have a couple of good games, but it's not going to be what he was before he hurt his knee.
1: From a fantasy perspective, if you can get him on the cheap at the end of the draft or get him off of waivers, sure. pick him up. Yeah. Pick him up. And after week one, if he has more than 50 yards rushing, you trade him for anything that someone will give you. <laughs> and that's not a joke. Sell high. Yeah. Sell high. Adrian Peterson had, what, one good game this year? It was like week two, he had 75 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns. And all of a sudden people were like, oh my God, everybody's buying on Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's not done. Yes, he is. You just you just makes it look like he's not, so you you, ever, you sell on him, and that's what you do. You sell on this, and then you see if you can get something that's better for it. You know, might be might be able to get something better. So, pardon me for one second. My allergies are ripping. How have oh, your allergies
0: been today? Not too bad. Um, okay. Actually, I know all the the mask mandates are going away, but when I go f- outside, like I still wear one. It actually really helps mm-hmm. my allergies. So.
1: I don't wear one when I'm outside and not around people, but I'll if I go in anywhere, I'm still wearing a mask. And if I am anywhere near people that I don't know, yeah. But like you, yesterday,
0: mm-hmm. I'll say you know, you you know where I live. There's a lot of trees around here, so
1: there's, And there's <laughs> and, and same thing with mine. You know where I live. Oh yeah. my god, I freaking took my car to the car wash last week <laughs> on Wednesday or Thursday. When did the rain come in? The rain came in Friday around Friday-ish. here. I think it was Thursday then. Yeah, Friday. I took. I took my freaking car to the car wash. It must not been Wednesday. Okay. I took my car to the car wash and I go to pick up my wife after work. And I'm look, look, I was productive today on my vacation. I vacuumed out the car and took it to one of those automated machines where it gets slapped with weird noodle like sponges and it comes out clean on the other side. And she was like, good for you. We parked the car. The next morning I come out to drive her to work and there is a thin layer of pollen over my entire car. And I mean, noticeable yellow. Not like I walked up and I'd want like a white glove and I ran my finger along it. I mean like the naked eye could detect a film of yellowish pollen all over my car.
0: <clears throat> I was times pissed. In New England.
1: <laughs> I was rip shit pissed. I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going to have to invest in like one of those monthly plans where I can come and get a free car wash there where I give go. them like $40 a month up front yeah. and I get like a, a wash a week. That's going to be what I'm going to have to do. Have to do, so Houston. By the way, because now I just want to go back to Houston for one quick second because we mentioned Rex Burkhead. They have become a dumping ground for like guys that were good two or three years ago. Let me just throw out some of the names that are.
0: They're just trying to get anyone at this point now because everyone left. I'm just going to throw out a few of the names on this list. So Deshaun Watson, Tyrod Taylor, yeah, David Johnson,
1: Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and Rex Burkhead. David Johnson's perpetually injured. Philip Lindsay perpetually underperforms. Mark Ingram is just flat out old at this point. And Rex Burkhead is a little bit of all three. Yes. Brandon Cooks is on that lineup. Randall Cobb.
0: <laughs> why what why do I feel like Randall Cobb and I know we've had this discussion, why do I feel like Randall Cobb has been playing for fifteen years? Because he, he was effective from the get go. He's only been in the season like eight he's only been in like the league eight or nine
1: years. <laughs> Chris Chris Conley. Wow. Dante Moncrief. Hey, he still plays. He's there Good for him. Jordan, Jordan Aikens. Wasn't he a chief? I mean, uh, probably, but I'm like, I'm like, look at this. Like, this is like, this is like a dumping ground. It's actually really sad. Yeah, it is really sad. All right. I, on to my question. Sure. Yeah. All right. So it's now time for another episode of as Aaron Rogers turns. <laughs> the latest we have comes to us. Cur- courtesy of Mike Florio. um, Uh, At NBC Sports, Mike Florio is one of the more accurate insiders, I think, Um, like he's like there's 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 what I like to call the Ian Rappaport line. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're above that, then you're reliable. If you're at or below that line, then I feel like you just make stuff up and hope some of it sticks. You're basically QAnon for football. (laughs) You know, You, you go out there and you make some sort of random claim like big news from the Packers today. And then the Packers released some guy they drafted six years ago. And people were like, wow, Rappaport knows. No, no, he doesn't. So I'll take Mike Florio at his board. Mike Florio is reporting that the Packers are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers because Mm -hmm. the Packers do not believe he will sit out the season if they fail to trade him. Rodgers has said, I may sit out. Um... Matt Schneidman of TheAthletic.com told him it makes plenty of sense. He wrote that the Packers would trade Rodgers if the Packers believed he was truly never committed to playing for them again. So Florio is saying if the take from a guy close to the Packers is they'll trade him if he's really done, and now they haven't traded him, that must mean the Packers think he's not really done. Craig, does Aaron Rodgers play for the
0: Packers if he's not traded? This season, <clears throat> my initial impression of you know just following the whole situation is no, he does not play. So you think that you think Florio's wrong on this one? This in particular, because I think this has become such a thing now that mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers, after everything he said and done, turns around and plays for them, like no one's going to take him seriously anymore. No one takes him seriously now. Yeah, I know. The guy. So, got but, I mean, if he goes, if he goes back on everything he just said. And he's, he's not going to make him look good.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think this could go either way. I can understand it. I can understand Florio's reasoning. I can understand Matt Schneidman of the athletic saying that if they thought he was done, they would trade him. Um, I, I, I get all that. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think he, I think he'll fold. I do. I think he understands time is short. And, you know what, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I know you listen to our show, so just <laughs> listen. There are a lot of places worse than Green Bay. A lot. Houston. Houston. <laughs> My God, we both said it at the same time that was <laughs> completely unplanned. <laughs> completely unplanned. Houston. You could be in Houston. You could be in Miami. Okay? You could be in Miami. Do I need to just keep listing teams that are worse? Because I will. You could be a jet. You could be in Washington. Mm -hmm. You could be a Carolina Panther. (laughs) You could be anyone in the AFC West. That's not called the Kansas city chiefs.
0: There's always something worse. And which is, which is funny because Patrick Mahomes said he would love to have Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West. Yes. Yes. And if I, if I were a quarterback in the AFC West, I would be insulted. You basically just said,
1: I, I, I'm i tired of playing against losers, <laughs> which isn't, which isn't wrong. <laughs> Vegas hasn't put together a good team since they moved to Vegas. The Chargers had their shot and blew it. And Denver was run by John Elway. None of those teams. I, I, I you know what? Right. Off the top of your head. Side yeah. question. Yeah. Chances the Kansas City Chiefs, knowing what we know today. Knowing what we know today, chances the Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC West this year? Like, percentage? Percentage.
0: Uh, you know, bearing unforeseen injuries and such? Yeah, knowing like, what you know today? Uh, 98%. I, I, I'm going 95 just because I'm a
1: skeptic. That, do Would you put that high on any other team in any other division in football? Uh, no. No. Not now. No, I'm looking at the list right now. I have on my screen everybody by division. There is nobody I'm that confident in and any other division. Nope. Even Tampa. Tampa's division got really bad because Drew Brees retired. Even yeah. I, I
0: no. I mean,
1: no. Apparently Brady is
0: having knee issues in camp, so good. <laughs> good. Fall over or retire. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I've got a sidetrack <laughs> there. All right, you have one more question for me. What do you got? Um, let's see. Where does this go here? I had two uh, two things here. Okay, so and we we already know Sean and uh, Cinch's opinions on this topic, but a former cornerback named Jay Cutler, uh-huh. he suggested that the Bears shouldn't play Justin Fields at the beginning of the season because it would go bad and be extremely stressful for him. Okay. And that they should let him stay on the sideline, you know, play behind Andy Dalton and, you know, maybe go in towards the end of the season, but not start the season. Okay. How do you feel? Should Justin Fields start or just sit and watch and learn? I'm sorry. I I zonked out there for again, go back to the beginning
1: and do that again.
0: <laughs> so, Jay Cutler. I
1: seriously just zonked out for a minute. Jay Cutler.
0: Jay Cutler. He said that the Bears, or he, if he was in charge of the Bears, he wouldn't play Justin Fields to start the Bears season. Okay. Because it would be too much for him. It's too stressful to play in Chicago, and he should just sit and learn and then maybe eventually start, but not start the season.
1: Ooh, who would they start otherwise? I don't even know who Andy else is Baldwin. there.
0: The Red <laughs> Rocket.
1: Do you think you can win this year? Is the is the response. If you think you can win this year with Justin Fields, you start Justin Fields. If you think I'm going to throw him out there so he gets that year of experience, otherwise known as the Peyton Manning approach, <laughs> and I don't care if he goes 4-12 and 12, like Manning did. Everyone forgets that. Peyton Manning won four games his first season. Never bad. forget that. Um, if you're okay with that, then I, I personally, I'd start Dalton. But I would I would sit Dalton down. I think you owe it to Dalton, just as a decent veteran, to let him know what your plan is. Right. And say, listen, it, th- this looks like it's going to go as bad as it's going to go. Probably around week six, seven, or eight, we're making a shift. This is the plan. It's going to happen. Right.
0: <clears throat> no, I... so. I agree. I know since, you know, things, you should just, you know, start the rookie and see what happens. But I think I prefer waiting at least a few games, you know, (laughs) than just throwing them out there. So because the NFL is such a big switch from college. I mean, yes, 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 it's the same sport, but it's played completely differently. So
1: I, I was looking for another article I wanted to bring up with you today. And now I can't find it. Of course, I can't find it. So, oh, all right, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm sorry, I'm just my brain is I'm still in vacation mode here. Um <laughs> okay, so other stuff that's going on. Did you hear that Adam Vinatieri is going to retire? Officially, is he? Yes. He told last uh last week he told uh Pat McAfee that he is making the decision to retire. He has not formally done it yet. Um and there is one rumor that there is one NFL team who is like, "Dude, we are so desperate. We will throw money at you." Adam Vinatieri's kicked for 24 seasons. It's a long time. 24 seasons. And he is the best smelling player I've ever met. (laughs) I walked past him once, or he walked past me once at a card signing, at a a sports signing, and he smelled fantastic. Might be a little too much cologne, Adam, but it smelled fantastic. So (laughs) easily the best smelling kicker in football. Um, Is he a Hall of Famer?
0: Uh, I think he'd have to be.
1: It's hard. It's
0: so hard as a kicker to make the frickin' haul. I mean, how many rings did he get Tom Brady? Three. <laughs> oh, sorry, <I>, Sam. I,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I'm pulling it up now. NFL kickers that are actually in the Hall of Fame. Uh okay, no, I don't want to see this ad. Sure you do. Uh there we go. So okay, it's by position. So now I gotta scroll all the way down to wherever kicker is on this list. Oh, there we go. There's four. Really? Jan Stenerud, that makes sense. Uh, Lou Groza, who played in the 40s and again in the 60s, but he also played tackle. Uh, George Blanda, but don't forget, Blanda was also a quarterback. (laughs) And Morton Anderson.
0: Oh, Morton Anderson.
1: Morton Anderson's the only one in our active time. So Blanda retired in 1975. That was the year I was born. Graza finally retired in 67 before we were born. And Jan Stenerud was retired in 1985. We were, we were, I was collectively 10 years old. And I think you're a year younger. So we were like nine. Right. So in terms of kickers, we actually saw play in our fantasy football lives. It's just Morton Anderson. Yes. So does Adam Vinatieri belong in the same breath as Mort- Morton Anderson
0: for you? Oh, man, man's close. <clears throat> I mean out of I everyone I can I think, think it's of yes. it's probably close. Yeah. I would say yes. I think it's a yes. Did
1: we find out? Did we we we've got the class of twenty twenty one up, right? Anybody anybody good? Oh well uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. We haven't talked about that at all. Hold on, let's see if I can pull it up really quick. Cause honestly, I've not paid attention. I can. Uh Alan Feneca. Okay. Yeah, he was a fantastic guard. Tom Flores from the Raiders. Oh, that's kinda eh. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, is going in the hall. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. John Lynch, the safety. Peyton Manning. Bill Nunn, who was a, a contributor and, I, and was a Steelers broadcaster, I believe. Wide receiver Drew Pearson, who was a cowboy way back in the day. And cornerback safety Charles Woodson. Really? He's not so, in
0: yet? I thought he was. He, he's,
1: he will be this year. So, Feneca Flores, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, and Charles Woodson. What name jumps out from you is like, oh, good for him.
0: Uh, it's gotta be Megatron, right? I would say I would say Megatron only because he he retired a lot sooner than people thought he would. So I think people he only played nine years. So I think people who really weren't into football. Don't probably know a lot about him because people kind of stopped talking about him once he retired. So he only played nine seasons, and he still is the
1: Lions' all-time leading receiver and receiving yard holder. Mm-hmm. And he only played nine years for them. Just, That's just let, let that. S-
0: and the Lions are one of the first NFL teams, so that is they are insane. the
1: oldest team <laughs> to not appear in a Super Bowl. Yep. Were they one of the original eight? They might yeah, have been one of the original. I'm pretty sure they yeah. are. So, yes. what He went six consecutive Pro Bowls. Um, excuse me. Um, I'm looking for, I'm looking, reading his bio just to see anything else. Seven of his nine seasons, he had a thousand plus yards, but he missed a season due to an injury, didn't he? Didn't he have a really bad injury?
0: Uh, I think, yeah. He had like a foot injury or a shoulder injury.
1: Yeah. And he missed a bunch of games. So, it, you can't really count that, really. You know? So okay yeah, he was the one I was like I'm surprised he got in just because he did only play 9 years, but he he was good. How can you how can you argue that? So, um okay. Uh we haven't
0: talked about Julio Jones yet. Ah, the story of the week. Thank you, Shane. The story sure. of the week. Julio Julio yeah. Julio Jones is still a
1: Atlanta Falcon as of our recording. Now the universe hates us, Craig. So there's a pretty good chance that sometime between in the 12 hour period, (laughs) between the end of this recording and its release, he will be traded. It's happened before. (laughs) This is true. People have been released when this stuff like this happens. Um, There is, there is, there's two different camps. I'm reading from all the people out there, either a, there's a ton of interest in Julio Jones and the Falcons are trying to drum up the best price by letting everybody know there is a lot of interest in Julio Jones. And then the second camp is there's no interest in Julio Jones. If <laughs> there had been interest in Julio Jones, they would have moved him at the draft. Even if they were in the middle of a bidding war, they would not have waited till his June 1st bonus kicked in, which it did today. They would not have waited this long to pay him his bonus. They would have traded him and made someone else pay the bonus. So in your mind, which is it? Are the Falcons trying to engage in a trade war to amp up his value? Or is there simply no one interested in Julio Jones?
0: Uh, no, I think there are definitely teams interested in him. But I think this is almost like the um, the uh, Texans. I think they they want way too much for a receiver than I think teams are willing to pay.
1: I think that's probably true.
0: Because he's set to make $15.3 million this season, and the Falcons have, wow, the Falcons have, are you ready for this number? Mm-hmm. The Falcons have, in cap space, $588,018. Say that again? 500, $588,018. They have less than a million dollars in cap space. Yes. Wow. Yep. So I don't even know how... I don't even think they can trade them because they don't have any money. (laughs) And now that that bonus has kicked in, you know, I mean,
1: according to to CBS, the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Niners have all called the Falcons. Mm -hmm. But if there was a serious offer on the table, it would have happened. I just, I don't think there's how,
0: like, with that much, with that little money in NFL terms, like, how would they even get that to work?
1: don't know. You're talking about the Falcons little money. Well, I mean, if they had unloaded him at the draft, they would have unloaded his salary for this year. League year doesn't start till June 1st. Oh, that's right. In terms of salary caps, if they had loaded him at the draft, they would have dodged his salary for this year and unloaded it on somebody else. Which is the whole reason they're saying nobody must be really calling because he's still there. If people were calling, he'd be gone. Right. But his mm. roster bonus hits today, and that's a huge chunk of money. I've I don't I don't have, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm gonna guess that's a huge chunk of money. Uh, yeah, you know? no, it is. So I don't know. So for, these are these are the four latest teams according to CBS that so with
0: <laughs> with the bonus, his scheduled cost to the Falcons is twenty three point zero five million dollars. You're talking about twenty plus million dollars in cap
1: space that you just. There's no way that there was a deal, a decent deal on the table at the draft and they did not take it. It's just not possible. Right. I mean, yeah. And the next that's two years, just,
0: the next two years, he's supposed to make 19 million in 2020 at uh, 22 and 23. So, okay. So now so now this, this says to me that it's a little, of
1: column A and it's a little of column B. So are people calling? Yes but they also know the Falcons are desperate. They know the Falcons cannot afford to keep this guy. So they are not making legit offers. Mm. Meanwhile, the Falcons have a minimum offer in their head. They want everyone to engage in a trade war and the trade war never materializes. So you got all these people calling and asking, what do you want for Julio? But they're looking for a low ball offer. They're looking to make a low ball offer because they think the Falcons will trade him for a bag of peanuts. And at the end of the day, the Falcons are going, all these people are calling. Someone is going to just snap and be like, all right, fine. I'll give you three number ones for them or something. And it never materializes.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, looking at those numbers, that, that makes sense now. That could be totally. And ridiculous. now
1: and now the Falcons are stuck because now they are on the hook for his roster bonus unless they find a trade partner who is absolutely willing to take that entire
0: salary off their hands.
1: Yeah. Because Julio you know, ain't going to renegotiate?
0: No, I don't even know if I don't even know if those teams he's talking to can afford him. Right. Right. Hmm. So, uh, by the way, another
1: another rumor CBS kind of published today. um, There is a rumor that the Vikings tried to trade up to the eight spot to draft Justin Fields. So, uh, Sean, be grateful that the Panthers did not trade with the Vikings. <laughs> and uh that you got justin fields and that uh you didn't end up with kirk cousins because that's what <laughs> it would have happened there kirk kirk would have been pissed off kirk and aaron Rodgers would be sitting in a starbucks together stewing about it and uh yeah that's what that's what would have happened there so yep so no, um what else is going on here oh all right i read an interesting article today i want you i want your, yeah, your take on it and i can't course. find the article okay what's that okay go ahead um Uh, I I, I swear to God, I should have saved it. I didn't. And now I can't find it. Um, There was a guy who put out a list of players who need to need to perform now. Okay. Or they're going to be out the door from the league in general. This is this is it. You are out of time to develop. It's go time. There were two names on the list. It was five players total, but only two of them were quarterbacks. And that's what uh, struck me. Okay. Daniel Jones, huh? And Sam Darnold. Darnold really? just got traded to another team. And yet this guy's point was the reason he was traded to another team is because his team, you know, the Jets just sat there and said we wasted our time on this guy. It was a waste of time and money. Mm-hmm. Darnold has mm-hmm. to prove them wrong this year or he's never going to be taken seriously. Meanwhile, Joe judge and the giants are starting to look at their pieces and saying on the offensive side of the ball, we need somebody to bring it all together. We have got a great running back coming back from an injury. We hope he'll be great when he comes back from the injury. We have decent wideouts, veteran wideouts who know what they're doing. And we're, we're we feel like we can contend in a very weak division. Mm-hmm. My question for you to consider Which one is under more pressure, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold, to perform? Which one's in Uh, more trouble if they have a
0: bad year? I think it's Daniel Jones. Okay. Uh, Because, you know, first off, everyone is really questioning why the Giants drafted him. So he kind of had to prove to people that he was worth the draft pick already. Not that Mm -hmm. that was his fault, but, you Mm -hmm. know, he went way before anyone thought he would. And he's... You know, if he doesn't perform well this year, and I'm saying last year was his fault because the Giants in general just kind of fell apart after everyone got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, are they going to are they going to re-sign him when his rookie contract is done? If he does bad this year? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, it's a fair point. You know, Darnold, look, look, the Jets as a whole, as a team and as like a company and management are just awful. So was Darnold good? Not necessarily. Did Mono help? Not really. But the Jets had so many other problems. He Darnold was not gonna be able to fix the Jets. So I think that Darnold he has one or two seasons left to prove the Jets wrong. I agree.
1: I I, I yeah. I think that's kind of uh where we're at, yeah.
0: So yeah.
1: No, I was just I, I just found that interesting. I'm like, okay. This guy, it's a make or break. I, I i still think Daniel Jones would have been better last year had Barkley not gotten hurt.
0: It's it's hard. Yeah, you can't he, say that definitively, but he got hurt and their offensive plan just exploded. Yeah. So
1: and they still they still and they were still in it because the division was so bad. Yeah, it, they don't need to be they don't need to win 11 or 12 games. They win. They win eight games. They're in the conversation. That's how bad the NFC East is. Eight wins can put you in the playoffs.
0: (laughs) If you're in the NFC East, yes.
1: Yes!
0: (laughs) Oh. Anyway, I want to go
1: outside of football for a second because I'm going to go to a sport that is near and dear to your and my heart, um, which not a lot of people talk about, which is tennis, because the uh, French Open's underway. Yes. And uh, I'm sure you saw that Naomi Naomi Osaka withdrew, citing uh, Mm -hmm. mental health concerns.
0: Mm-hmm. um well talking number, to the media yes but
1: no she said she was very clear was mental health concern she she just talking to the media is what started the firestorm so for those who don't know there is a requirement after each match for winners and losers to do a, a time with the media at all the majors it's required just like all the other sports you know like baseball has it
0: talk to yeah
1: right people. if the media says we want to talk to them the difference is it's an individual sport so you're going to get called. It's not like you're not the quarterback. You're the offensive lineman and you had an average game. You can go shower because nobody wants to talk to you because you're not one of the glitzy positions. Um, it, then no, they're going to talk to you. She said no and took a $15,000 fine as part of it. At some point, she made the decision to withdraw. And also at some point, and again, I'm saying this at some point because I don't know the order that this happened in the organizers of the French open tweeted out a picture of four former champions sitting in front of microphones after they had suffered losses and then titled the tweet. They understood the job. I don't know if she saw that and then said, all right, screw these people. I'm out. I have Mm. no idea, but she came out and said, I'm going to withdraw from the, uh, from the French open for mental health reasons. Um, I've battled depression for years and I, I'm not doing this. Reaction has been mixed. But today in particular, a lot of people came out in support of her. I wanna ask you, what is your take on this? Is it fair for them to have to appear in front of the media because all sports people face that as part of their professional life? Or is there something to the well, mental health has to come first and it's not fair for them to do this to her camp?
0: Uh I mean yeah, it is is it is expected of people, but you know, if the player wants to decide if they want to do it, like after the fact. So say you know, like for example, the end of you know, like the end of Wimbledon or what it say, mm-hmm. right? The two players are on the court, they don't leave. Everyone comes on the court, they give them the trophies, blah 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 blah, and they talk right. to both of them live. And I've watched tennis a lot, and you, you listen and watch the person who lost. That is not easy to do. Yep. Yep. So I think if the person who loses has an option to, say, talk to the media later, like a couple hours later, the next morning would probably help. Yep. Because, you know, tennis is... A very, like, straining sport physically and mentally in general. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's, you're playing for several, sometimes you're playing for several hours, like, not We've seen matches
1: that go on five
0: hours. Uh, yeah, or uh, longer. And, it, it, like, try to talk to someone coherently about what just happened is not, I mean, for either person, winning or losing, it's not easy <laughs> to do. Mm-hmm. So, I think if they want to have it, if the person who loses wants to talk to the media after the fact, they should be allowed to. I think I think it I think you're right. I think you I think it's a timing
1: thing. I think winners it, winners it doesn't have to be that way. It, it, they should have an option to what they should have to do is make a minimum of one appearance and it should be pre-match so that they can do it when they want to do it and, and work around with it. So that the, the People are like, well, the media has got to get their story. What are you asking these people? Have you ever watched these press conferences? I know you have. I'm saying this like kind of out to our audience. I know you have. Have you ever watched these? So where did it go wrong today? Well, uh, pretty much uh, my opponent scored more points than I did, um, <laughs> and that's how I lost. If you could go back, what would you do differently? Well, I would definitely score more than they did. I mean, Jesus Christ, people. And when you're talking about like, I mean, you're talking about like in major finals, there was that one woman who broke down at Wimbledon and cried on the Duchess. Because she was, I mean, that was years ago. Listen, and this is not new. For everybody who's like, this has never happened before. um, I have a phrase I'd like to remind you of. Quote Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I won't get fined. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) Super Bowl Media Day, January 27th, 2015, because the first thing I thought of when this happened was Marshawn Lynch has already pointed this out. Marshawn Lynch has already stood up and went, this is this, this mandatory appearance bullshit is the stupidest thing on earth. This is not new. What is new is that when given the when when given backlash on it, she was like, it's not worth it. And the number two tennis player in the women's in the world and the women's side pulled out of a major because of it. And they need to react. Every major sent out messages of support today. And it's a damn good thing because if because, you know, Wimbledon's got to do it and, you know, the U.S. Open's got to do it because they've still got tournaments to play this year and they want her there. They need her there. So they need to support her. And then the Australian Open looks at it and goes, "Well shit, if we don't say something, maybe she doesn't come back next year I
0: mean if you look at I mean people forgot because you know it's if you don't follow tennis, it's very easy to not remember people's names, <laughs> um, yeah, like Ashley barty barty she actually because of almost the same thing, she stopped playing for tennis for two years because mentally she couldn't deal with it anymore. So from, like, mm-hmm. 2016 to 2018, she did not play tennis at all. Right. So. And
1: I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure there are a couple other examples. Here's a Bleacher Report article. 13 athletes who didn't really want to be interviewed. <laughs> uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was grumpy with Linda Cohn.
0: Playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously.
1: <laughs> um... I'm looking I'm I'm looking right now at a list. I'm looking for like the obvious one. Rajon Rondo, Greg Popovich. Oh my god, Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs, used to get <laughs> fined all the time because he would be like, "These are the stupidest questions I've ever." And that's the thing. They're dumb you questions. That's it. You're not asking them things you don't already know the answer to most of the time or you it's not it's not a polite interview. It's not Particularly in the tennis media, they want you to react. They want you to re- react. Oh, and, and yeah. I, you know, so I'm I'm looking at this list. I'm looking at um, Larry Merchant, who, if you don't follow boxing, was a HBO color analyst and interview guy for um, for for HBO's boxing. Who, if you do know boxing, you'll remember Larry Merchant as the guy who said the scorekeepers had it wrong every single time. So Craig and I could go into a boxing match. Craig knocks me down six times in seven rounds. For some reason, I keep getting up. And for some reason, the referee hasn't stopped this fight. I'm <laughs> bleeding. Um, I can't see. Whatever you want to do. But for some reason, they're letting the fight continue. The guy who did the, 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 the scorekeeping would come on and say, I have Craig winning this fight in a landslide. And invariably, Larry Merchant would go, I'm watching a very different fight. <laughs> How are you watching a different fight? I can't see. I've spent more time laying down and standing up. I'm losing this boxing match. But he was always that guy who had to push the button. He did it once. He did it once to Floyd Mayweather. Um, he, 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 he talked about, he brought up some cheap shot thing that looked like a cheap shot. I think it was against Victor Ortiz and Floyd Mayweather just wanted to say, well, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. We had a great fight tonight, blah, 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 blah. And yet, and yet he went back to it and he was like, no, you know, really, don't you want to say something about Victor Ortiz? And he tried to shake it off again. And this third time, Larry's like, no, really, Larry Ortiz. And Floyd Mayweather looks at him and goes, I'll let you talk to Victor Ortiz. Put somebody else up here and give me an interview on live television because he got pushed too far. We push athletes too far with the media. We do. Remember Jim Gray with Pete Rose? Are you sure you don't want to admit to something you've denied for 30 years, Pete? Yeah, like seven he times died. he asked him <laughs> like seven times. And Pete Rose is like, I'm looking forward to a hot dog. This is a great environment. But don't you want to admit to being a gambler?
0: What? Oh, what? So stupid. So this is stupid. just a
1: continuation of that. And that's why I bring up these other examples is because it's happened. I brought up boxing, tennis, football, and baseball. This is not isolated
0: to tennis. No. And, it, this and the isn't fans issue are just with sports the fans are destroying the NBA by itself. So they don't need the media. (laughs) I don't, I'm not even going to go there tonight. I
1: saw, (laughs) I saw a piece. Kevin Durant did a zoom interview and he was like, I I wish you guys would have more respect. And this is a paraphrase. I wish you guys would have more respect for the game and the players and more respect for yourselves. I mean, would your mom want you acting like that in public? And that was like, that, that man just made more sense in 30 seconds than anyone else could on the entire issue. Yep. <clears throat> he br- he just brought your mom into this.
0: <laughs> your mom yeah, would be what are you, what
1: disappointed. Are you re- what do you, you, you respond to that? My mom's doing a nickel up in Attica. She'd be thrilled that I was throwing things in an arena. I mean, how do you respond to that?
0: Yep. Throwing popcorn, water bottles, spitting, running onto the court. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I I, I got us kind of sidetracked there. I mean, tr- tr- Terrell Owens in the media. We could, we could do this. We could do this all day. We could do this all day. Chris Bosch, who showed up at a press conference one time and and they asked him one question. He went, thanks everybody. And left without answering the question, because he thought he could avoid (laughs) the fine that way. I'm with her. Mental health is too important. It's too important. I, I understand. She's 23 years old. And in tennis, tennis, most players have a very short shelf life in tennis. Most the Pete the Pete Sampras's and Andre Agassi's and Roger Federers of the world are and not Serena common. Serena Williams. <laughs> Serena Williams is not common. How, how, how many? How old is Serena now? Thirty. I have to look it up. Mid thirties. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. She's thirty nine. Okay, late thirties. That means she's been playing professionally for over twenty years. That is not common in tennis. No. That is not common i get all that i get that your careers are short i still support her in this she made the right call she made the right call she did believe it or not we're out of time because i I spent all that time rambling about tennis and trying to make a point about mental health that we are now (laughs) out of time and so we are to uh to craig for his final thought
0: my final thought is um definitely if you're near the northway brewing company try their beer because that beer was very good very good. Now you're ready for the bad news. I don't have any more of that. That's sad. Well, I have other beers I only you brought... gave me, so it's it's okay. Yeah, you still have Avenue of Pines ahead of you. I do. And I'm the telling other, you, you're going to. Coffee stout. I have that too. Oh,
1: I gave you an oat bituary? Yes. That's one of their highest rated beers. You're going to like that a great deal. I don't like stouts, and even I liked oat bituary. That's impressive. So. That's impressive. Oh, good. So, yeah, Queensbury, New York. You know what? Craig, I, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, the fall foliage up there is really nice. (laughs) We could just, you know, go up. It's cheap to stay up there in the fall. We go up there like the first week of October. Mm. It's not a bad place to be. Oh, by the way, this brewery is built next to a place that has go-karts, which I'm not really sure is a good placement, but (laughs) it does lend itself to mischief. Uh, Mm Go-karts. Yeah, no, the go-karts what? I was going to say go-karts and mini-golf.
0: Oh, well, I mean, that's a... Beer go-karts, mini golf are they a good combo? They could be. Possibly I, I, dangerous. I think I think you could do 2 out of 3. I wouldn't do all 3. You could. It's okay. Well, the we we go vacationing in Cape May. The Cape May brewery is next to an airport, so you know, that's eh, probably it's a little less it's a little less charming. <laughs> a little less charming. But all good. right. So my final thought My final thought
1: is just I I took a trip to upstate New York last weekend. And it was good for the soul, but was really good for the soul, was seeing how people were behaving in public now that we're trying to ease some of the COVID restrictions. I saw businesses with signs in the window clearly describing their policies. I saw people walking into places and going, oh, I need my mask. I saw businesses asking patrons. I, at the, I was at the hotel bar one night. Mm-hmm. And there was like 10 chairs because they were trying to get three foot distances. That's what they were. That's what the hotel was asking for was three feet, Um, because I think they took all that away. It was six feet. And then the New York State said, screw it, do whatever you want. And so the hotel was doing three feet. I saw half the bar get up and leave. Just I think there was a wedding in, in that hotel, like set like five or six guys on the right end of the bar, get up and leave. I saw the bartender walk up to two guys and say, would you guys mind shifting over there so we can space you guys out a little bit better? And the guys went, absolutely. And they picked up their beers, and they walked to the other end of the bar, and they sat down, all in the interest of social distancing. I felt so good during that trip just because people, people weren't going crazy. People weren't pointing at a guy with no mask out on the street yelling at them. None of that was happening. But the people people were taking responsibility and saying, hey, can we just do common sense stupid shit? to try and get through this and they weren't fighting. The guys in the bar weren't like, tell somebody else to move. I didn't hear anybody scream about their rights being violated. No good. Nothing, nothing. It was people who were sitting there saying, this is the path back. We don't have to hide in bunkers or walk around in hazmat suits, but let's be common sense. And in a place where, and an issue with vaccination being as politically charged as it is, Not coincidence, folks, and you know, you all know I'm a screaming liberal. It's not coincidence that heavily dense Republican areas are also the lowest vaccinated. There's a lot of people who who tend to be conservative in their political views who don't want any part of this vaccine. This area of New York I was in is very conservative, and yet they're at 63% vaccinated. And you know what that says to me? I may be conservative, but I'm not an idiot. I need this for myself, my family, and this is the way back. People are not going to come spend money in my shops if they can't come to my shop. Right. So I'm, I'm gonna do the right, and that was very good to see. So keep doing these things, folks. Keep just being safe without being crazy one way or the other. It's not medical tyranny. Just just put a mask on when you're somewhere that you're not around. When, when you're around people who aren't vaccinated, protect yourself, protect them. We can get back to normal. I had a lovely weekend away, and it allowed me to bring Craig some wonderful beer. And he did. So, yes, the hardest part of that trip was deciding what I could take because my wife was standing right there. And I said, (laughs) if I buy more than a case, I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. I have not because she will. I just it's it's just common economic sense. I, I bought a case of that beer back. And I said it to her after we sat down and had a couple of sips. I said, I'm bringing some of this back. And she was like, you're bringing it back for the guys? I said, yes, but I'm bringing back some for me too, so I'm buying a case. I put that on the table right away. We are doing this because we enjoyed that beer that much. We could not have enjoyed that beer if people weren't taking care of themselves. So this please, just do do the right things. Don't be a pain in the ass. Put on a mask when you got to put on a mask. Don't wear it when you don't have to wear it. But let's start getting some of back to normal because, God damn it, I want to go up and have another beer there. So in the meantime, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify. Uh, aren't we on like Amazon now or something? We're on some good. Audible. Audible. We're on Audible, which is owned by Amazon. So there you go. Yes. Um, we're in a million different places. Leave us a review. Reach out to us. We are at Fignuts DFS on uh, Twitter. Uh, we have a fancy social media coordinator. His name is The Cinch. Reach out to him. You want to get his attention? Tell him Tom Brady stinks. That'll do it. (laughs) I don't recommend it, but I'm saying if you gotta, there's where you can go with it. Not recommend it. And don't complain to me when he tells you you can go stew, and he out-argues you because he knows the stats better than anybody. Um, Also reach out to us via email, fignutsdfs at gmail.com is our email address. You can also find us on Facebook. We are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast there as well. Uh, we will be back. Probably not. Well, maybe next week. are the the streaming um the streaming task that we've been working on might hit a hiatus after tomorrow. So there's a possibility. I mean, we'll we'll see. But we'll be we'll definitely be back uh, before the end of June. And then I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we're about three weeks. We're, best ball season's kicked off, and we're only three weeks from draft prep season. I got an email today that John Hansen's put out his first version of the draft guide for 2021. Really? Yep. Wow. He's put out, He not. he's one of those guys that revises his draft guides frequently. So like this is version 1.0. By the time we sit down to do our draft, he'll be on version like 4.3. That's just the way he does it. He likes to put out his basic strategy based on what he sees. He likes to do a few drafts, and he goes back to it. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's in like 45 leagues. This is what he does all the time for a living. So, Until then, stay safe out there. Be good to each other. Uh, We will see you in a week or two. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb.